0: Welcome, everybody, and welcome back to the Federal Retirement Show. I'm your host, Val Majewski, with American Benefits Exchange. I, again, appreciate you joining us, taking the time to learn more about your federal benefits, getting some advice from experts and people who have worked within your benefit structure for years and years. Today, we're going to follow along with our trend. If you went back a couple episodes previous, where we talked about the top 10 mistakes that federal employees make and really how to avoid them. We're going to be talking about TSP. Now, today will be a general overview of what TSP is and how it works, but there's a couple things in there, right, uh, that we talked about during the top 10 mistakes that I'm going to hit on along the way. So, there's going to be a lot of information. Have your notepads ready, questions handy. You can always reach out to us uh, directly, give us a message, give us a shout. And we'd be happy to help you and answer any questions you might have. Because what we're going to be talking about through all of our series is pretty general in nature. And your situation is going to be different. Different than the person that works next to you. Different than the person that works halfway across the country. So we know you're going to have individualized and personalized questions that you need answered. So let's start with TSP, Thrift Savings Plan. What is it? Well, it's a government version of a 401k. Okay, it's an administered account. It's not something that is actively managed for you. TSP is an administered account. Now, what does that mean? You don't have a financial advisor at TSP that helps you out with all these investment choices and tells you what to do and what not to do. It is on you. That's why I call TSP your wild card when it comes to benefits and retirement. What do I mean by that? Well, when it comes to your pension, Social Security, maybe the first supplement, Those are things that you really don't control when it comes to what they produce in retirement. TSP is entirely reliant on you, and you are left to manage those things over time. So it is a wild card because it's really 100% reliant on you and the decisions that you make. That's why it is one of the mistakes, and some areas within TSP are within the top 10 mistakes that I see federal employees make. Now, again, it's one of your three retirement income sources if you're a FERS employee, uh, FERS pension, Social Security, or the FERS supplement, and TSP. Again, TSP being the wild card, also because it's usually carrying the bulk of your retirement income. Now, if you're part of the old system, CSRS, you do not receive any matching funds, I'm sorry. Um, You're a one pension check kind of system, and TSP was optional when it came out. So no matching for CSRS. If you are a FERS employee, you get up to 5% matching. Now, this is the first mistake that I see federal employees make when it comes to TSP is not taking advantage of the full 5% matching. Why not? Because this is free money. The government doesn't give you much for free. And the best kind of money that you can have is free money. So take advantage of the 5% matching. If you are not currently at 5% and you can get there, we recommend get up to at least 5%, get the maximum free money. And you can allocate those monies into six different fund options. There's really more than that, but six letters that we can discuss when it comes to your investment choices. The funds that you can choose from, and this is going from, I'd say, least risky to most risky, right? We're going to start on the conservative side, and that's with the G fund. If you're not familiar with the G fund, G, you can say stands for government securities or guaranteed. This is the only fund that is guaranteed not to lose any money over time. It's never had a losing year in its history. It it never will. It doesn't say that it can't go down to zero, but it's the only one that's guaranteed. So over the last two years, it's averaging about 1%. Over the past 10 years, it's averaging about 2% annual return per year. So protection Against risk, you can't lose any money, but not going to pay you out a whole lot. Going up is the F fund. Now, F is a bond index, um, and it is another type of conservative investment that you can have within TSP. It's only had a few losing years in its history, and when it's lost, it has not lost a whole lot. It's kind of a slow and steady, wins the race kind of fund, uh, generally going to perform better than the G fund over time but could come with a tiny little bit of risk involved. Going into the stock funds, we have the C fund. Now, if you've ever seen on TV the S&P 500 or have heard of that index, the C fund is meant to mimic the S&P 500. So if you see on TV the S&P is up, that means your C fund is up. Now, with this comes some inherent risk. Um, The S&P 500 or the C fund is comprised of large U.S companies, stocks of large U.S. companies. So there is some risk involved. It's moderate to high risk, depending upon volatility that's going on out there. Next up is the S fund. So if the C fund is large U.S. companies, the S is small to medium U.S. companies that are not in the C fund. And this is another high risk, high reward type of investment. It's a stock fund in U.S. companies. Generally, it's a little more volatile, a little more risky than the C. The last stock fund is the I fund. I stands for international. Now, this is made up of stocks from 21 international countries. Um, Some of the countries you may or may not know about, you may, may not want to invest in. But of the three stock funds, in my opinion, and just based on performance, it has been the worst performing stock fund compared to the S and the C fund. Now, lastly, there's the L fund. And L funds stand for life cycle funds. There's not just one of these, there are numerous L funds to choose from, starting with a conservative called the L income, all the way up to the L 2065. Now, these are mutual funds, basically, if that's the right way to put it, because each L fund is made up of some sort of percentage of all the other five funds. So if you have an L fund, you're going to have some of the G, some of the F, some of the C, some of the S, and some of the I. If you want to find out how those are broken down. You can go to tsp.gov and you can check that out and see how those breakdowns are and how they change over time. Speaking of of tsp.gov, great resource for you. Uh, We've got it up here on the screen. If you're not familiar with the website, you may be looking at me saying, Val, duh, we understand tsp.gov. I get it. But the reason I bring it up is because there have been several federal employees that I've worked with over the course of the last 10 plus years that have had 20 years within the government and had never once logged into their TSP.gov account. So just to make sure that you're familiar with that website, all the tools that are available, resources, account information that you can find at that website, good resource for you, TSP.gov. So now, uh, when it comes to TSP, people ask, well, how can I contribute to TSP? The first one is a pre-tax contribution or a traditional contribution. This is money that comes out of your paycheck, is tax deductible. You're not taxed on it. It goes into that bucket, the traditional bucket, and it grows tax deferred. And then when you take money out in the end, all that money is subject to tax. The other version of that, the other bucket is the Roth bucket or the post-tax bucket. And this is money that goes in, you pay tax now, it goes into that bucket. So when do you want to pay tax? Now or later? You can do a combination of uh, either bucket, right? You can put some into the traditional, some into the Roth just depends on how you want to break down that tax liability or future tax liability. When it comes to contribution limits, the annual maximum got bumped up this year, 2022, to $20,500 per year. So that's the annual maximum that you can defer and put into TSP, whether it's in the traditional or the Roth. If you are 50 or older, the catch-up contributions have remained the same at 6,500. So if you're 50 or older, total contribution... Is now up to $27,000 per year. It's important to note that all agency matching contributions go into the traditional account. So even if you say, I'm going to defer all of my money into the Roth, you don't just have a Roth account. You're going to have a traditional account because all the government matching funds go into the traditional side. So TSP, again, it's your version of a 401k. It's your way that you can defer money from each paycheck and save it up for your retirement. As I mentioned, It is your wild card when it comes to retirement because it is reliant on you. And generally, it's your wild card also because it's going to carry the bulk of the weight when it comes to your post-retirement income. So take advantage of that 5%. Don't be part of those people that are making a mistake and uh, not taking advantage of all the free money that they possibly can. Now, to overview and to review uh, TSP and get into the next mistake that we see people make, in my opinion... TSP is great for accumulation. Why? Because of the 5% I just mentioned, you get the free money, you get the matching funds, and you can put money aside for your retirement on a tax-deferred or a tax-free basis. Um, And you have several different investment choices depending upon your risk tolerance. So great for accumulation. But how does it work when it comes to distribution? And in my opinion, it's not so awesome when it comes to distribution. And I can also add on there, not so awesome when it comes to conservation and preservation as you're getting closer to retirement. What do I mean by that? Well, as you're getting closer to retirement, your risk tolerance is most likely going to decrease. If you're only a few years from retirement, maybe within five years, you're thinking, I don't want to take too much risk. And I certainly want to protect all the money that I've made in my TSP over the course of my working career. I wouldn't want to be at too much of a risk too late in the game and take a big hit at the last minute. So the only way to really protect your money within TSP 100% is to put your money in the G fund. However, we just mentioned earlier that it's not going to pay you out much down the road. So you're kind of left to think, okay, well, I have to take some risk if I don't want to just bury my money in the backyard or hide it under my mattress. I need to be in some kind of fund that's still going to risk a little bit. And we'll get into how we can mitigate that and some options that are available for you. But the next mistake that I see people make with when it comes to TSP, especially TSP in retirement or as you approach retirement, is not understanding all of the distribution options when it comes to TSP and how they all work. Because TSP will mostly, mostly advertise for you one distribution option. And I'm going to get into that here in just a second. So there's two different types of distributions you can make. There are in-service distributions, either in-service withdrawals or loans. And if you're familiar with the loan, there's two types of loans that you can take. There's a general purpose loan and a residential loan. This is money that you've borrowed from yourself and you've gotta pay yourself back with interest. There's two types of withdrawals you can take while you're working. The first one I don't recommend or I don't hope that none of you have to experience this, but it's a hardship withdrawal and it requires a lot of documentation and you have to be in a financial hardship situation. We'll talk more about the in-service withdrawal in a little bit, but let me go to and fast forward to the separated from service or retired distribution options. Now you can see them all listed here and I'm gonna briefly go over each one of these because I said you need to understand all of the options you have available so you can make the best decision for you and your family and your situation as you enter retirement. The first is really the lack of a decision, the lack of a distribution, it's leaving it all in TSP. You can leave it there, and then you're left to manage it, go on tsp.gov, manage your money, make interfund transfers, ride the market, and do it with it as you see fit. But you're left to manage it yourself on the computer, there's no new money going in, it is just you managing your own money. Not something I normally see people do, but certainly an option you can take it all out. Now, what do I mean by this? This means taking everything and putting it into your checking or savings account. Probably the worst thing you can do when it comes to TSP. Why? Because there is a huge tax liability that you're going to owe on that distribution. So if you had $300,000 in your TSP and you took it out and put it into your checking or savings account, as far as the government's concerned, the IRS, you made an additional $300,000 during that calendar year, and you're going to pay tax on everything you earned, including that $300,000 at probably now a higher or much higher tax bracket. So not something we normally see or normally recommend. Again, probably in my opinion, the worst thing that you can do with your TSP. The next is setting up monthly payments. Now I don't see this as often, but this is an option. You can basically tell TSP, hey, pay me $1,000 a month or whatever number you want for the rest of my life until it runs out. Now you can make changes to that amount over time, but The news is, and the bad news is, that money can run out and the money is still invested in TSP. So if you're getting $1,000 a month in this example and the market goes down, well, those payments aren't going to last as long. The market goes up, obviously the payments are going to last a little longer. So setting up a monthly payment could be an option for you and you can obviously make changes to those payments, but it's not something that I normally see federal employees in retirement especially if they're looking for tsp to cover them for the rest of their life want more guarantees than saying hey pay me something until it runs out without knowing exactly when that's going to run out okay the reason for that is most retirees that we talk to want to make sure want to make sure that they have money for the rest of their life there's a big fear out there for retirees of living without money or having their money run out now your pension and social security should not run out. Those are lifetime payments, but you need another one generally to supplement that in order to make you whole or get the maximum amount of income that you can get while retired. We want to make sure that that money does not run out. So that's why this option is not generally taken. Now, there is a way within TSP that you can create a lifetime income stream. Now, that's through the MetLife annuity. Now, in my opinion, this is the second worst thing that you can do within TSP. And this is what TSP will mostly advertise you're going to see it on your annual statement. If you see on the first page of your annual statement, a big, bold number, it's going to be the biggest and boldest number on there. That is generally what TSP will pay you per month for the rest of your life, assuming that you took the MetLife annuity. But what they don't tell you in that example or next to that number is that you need to cash in your balance. You need to make a deal with TSP. And TSP makes a deal with MetLife, who's an insurance company who's the same company that manages your Fegley program, they make a deal with them and they buy what's known as a single premium immediate annuity, a SPIA. And what does that mean? That means you take your bag of money, no matter how much you have, you give it to TSP, who gives it to MetLife, and they will send you a check for the rest of your life. Sounds like a good deal. I turn my bag of money into a lifetime income, money that I cannot outlive. The problem is that you no longer have any ownership, access, control of that money. You've given up all your rights to it. There's no liquidity. There's no access to it. You can't go down the road and say, you know what? I gave TSP all this money. They haven't given me all back yet. I need to get some of it. It's not yours. You don't own it anymore. You will get that check though for the rest of your life. Whether you live five days after retirement, I hope that doesn't happen, or you live 50 years in retirement, you will get that check for the rest of your life. However, if you choose the maximum payment The maximum payment, the one that is advertised by TSP, if you take that payment and you died tomorrow or you died 10 years from now, and they hadn't paid you all the money that you gave them, they keep the rest of it. Now, there are other options that you can choose which reduce your payment, but most people are like, I want this maximum payment. That's the most attractive without knowing all the details that are behind it. So it's important to know how that MetLife annuity works and the consequences of making that decision. It's also an irrevocable decision. Once you make it, you can't go back. So once you've said, yeah, pay me that for the rest of my life, you're stuck with it. Unfortunately, you cannot make any changes and you can no longer get access or ownership to your money that you gave TSP and MetLife. The last thing that you can do, and generally what we see most veteran employees do, is roll the money out. Now, this is different than taking it out. This means that you roll it into another qualified account, like an IRA, If you take it out and put it into your own checking or savings, we said big tax liability, moving it to an IRA, not the case. So how does this work? How does a TSP rollover work? Well, it's your opportunity to separate your money from the control and operation of TSP. Okay, you now take ownership and control of your money. This is available for those that are currently working. So you don't have to be retired in order to do a TSP transfer or TSP rollover. You can be still working and actively employed by the federal government. As long as you are 59 and a half or older, you can do what's known as an age-based in-service withdrawal with a portion or all of your TSP funds and move it to an IRA of your choice. You can take ownership and control. Once you are separated from service at any age, you can do this as well and move it again into an IRA of your choice where there are no tax consequences for doing so it allows you to take ownership. You're going to hear this a lot. Take ownership and control of your money and no longer have it in uh, TSP's control. Now, why is that beneficial for you? Because as you're getting closer towards retirement, and generally people that are 59 and a half or older are approaching retirement in the relatively near future, as you're approaching that, you may be concerned again with risk and want to take control of the money. You may think, like I said earlier, TSP is great for accumulation, but not so awesome about preserving your money, keeping it safe, and when it comes to distribution options. So you want to be able to take ownership of it, put it into a place that's more beneficial for you and your specific situation. So as I mentioned, how does a TSP rollover work? Well, you can take all or a portion of your TSP funds, either while you're working or separated from service, and move it into an IRA of your choice. Now, there are several different, and I say several, there are many different types of IRAs out there. Which one is right for you? We need to look and analyze your situation. What is it you're looking for TSP to accomplish in retirement? Do you just want to keep your money safe and sound and protected from risk while also giving the opportunity for growth? Do you want lifetime income, but you don't want to cash in your balance with the MetLife annuity? What if you can remain in control of your money and still get a lifetime income? Best of both worlds, Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe you want to leave it to your beneficiaries. Maybe you want to donate it. I I don't know. Everybody's situation is a little different. But we need to analyze and figure out which, which type of account is best for you. It's important to note that when transferring or doing a TSP rollover, there are no early withdrawal penalties, no taxes due, no transfer fees, because you're moving it from one qualified account to another. There's no tax liability, no fees, no transfer, no management, nothing when making that right? The type of account that you have will vary, but the transfer, the rollover, all of that, no fees, no withdrawal penalties, no taxes. Now, again, what type of account is right for you as you're approaching retirement, as you're in retirement? What do we recommend? What do we look at? Well, it all depends upon your risk tolerance. Now, you've got my teeter-totter here between risk and no risk. And if you're just listening, if you cannot see this, There's a, you got to imagine a picture of a teeter totter. And on one side, we have risky types of accounts. And on the other side, we have risk free or no risk types of accounts. And on the risky side, yes, there's a greater potential for growth, bigger risk, bigger reward. And that's when we go to the far left and we're looking at stock type accounts right? Stocks and mutual funds, that's kind of like what your TSP is built with. Stocks and mutual funds, there can be some great returns, but we've seen there can be some big risks involved. So there's a big downside. There's also things called variable annuities. Anytime you hear the word variable, that means it's invested directly in the market and there is risk involved. Bonds, there is some risk in bonds. Okay, a little bit lower growth potential, a little bit lower risk, but there still is some risk depending on the types of bonds. Now let's go to the low or no risk side. As you'll see, there's no downside arrows on the low to no risk side. Cash. Now I know cash, I'm considering that like the G fund or your savings account. You know your money's gonna be protected, but it's not gonna grow as much as it could. It's almost like burying it in the backyard or hiding it under your mattress. CDs were getting a little better. Fixed annuities. So there's we said variable annuities are risky. Fixed annuities, there's a fixed interest rate involved generally not so high, but it's going to be better than a CD and better than your savings account at your bank. The best type of account that we've seen to offer zero risk, meaning you cannot lose any money, it's just like your G fund, but still having a great potential for growth is called a fixed indexed annuity. Indexed annuity. Now I'll state that again if you're looking for the protection of the G fund, if you're a safe and sound kind of person, if you're saying, as I approach retirement, I like the protections of the G fund, I'm just not too fond of the returns of the G fund, then this could be an account for you to look at. Why? Because if you have the ability to get the protections of the G fund with much better growth potential or opportunity for solid growth and much higher than the G fund, is that something you'd be interested in? And most people would probably be saying, absolutely is that a dumb question is that a rhetorical question are you really asking me that question yes i am Uh, so if you want the same protection of the g fund guarantee that you can never lose money over time the worst you'd ever have in your account is exactly what you put in it but you want the opportunity for growth two to four times what the g fund performs at historically then a fixed index annuity could be right for you right now how does this work what is the the benefits of a fixed index annuity for those that are not seeing the screen and seeing this particular slide, let's imagine that you had kind of a funnel, right? And as that funnel expands out, that's like saying, okay, I've got, I've got big risk on both sides. I got risk or reward. So the more opportunity for growth that I have, the more risk that I take, the greater my reward could be. But I'm also okay with the fact that with that high risk um, or with that high reward comes some high risk. So as high as I can go up, I can equally go as far down. Well, what if, what if you got solid growth, like we're showing here in the red section, where there is no downside, right? You may not have as high a growth as you know investing directly in the stocks and and taking as high a risk. You still have very solid growth. But what if you had zero chance that you'd ever lose any money? So you know no matter what the market did if the market went down for 10 years straight the worst you have in your account is exactly what's in there at that time that's a pretty cool protection to have it may not be for everybody but if you're looking for that kind of protection and you're looking for that kind of safety a fixed index annuity might be right for you when it comes to your TSP as you're getting close to or entering into retirement why is it important or what is important to you why would we look at an account like that something that gives you guaranteed protection and chance for solid growth. Well, if you look at my slide here. This is some, these are things that I've seen federal employees extremely concerned about as they're nearing or entering retirement. A lot of federal employees want to protect against unnecessary risk, you know, say within five years, three years, definitely two or one year within retirement. They want to make sure that their principal is safe. The money that they have in there, they do not want to lose it at the last minute. They want to ensure their financial security. They want to be confident in it. They want to insure, let's use the word insure and ensure your financial security. Well, you can insure it using a plan like a fixed index annuity. It is 100% protected from risk. Now, this all boils down to most federal employees as they're entering or nearing retirement, do not want to lose money. Do not. You've done a good job over the course of your working career do not at the 11th hour want to lose money. I use an example. Say you're a federal employee and you're going to retire at the uh, beginning of 2009. And then 2008 happens and the bottom drops out and you lose 30% of your TSP at the last minute. Or maybe you got, you pulled out and you only only lost 15 or 20% within the last year. That's a big jump or a big chunk of change. So I wouldn't want anybody to unnecessarily lose any money or any more than they have to um, by sticking with too much risk, take whatever portion or whatever amount that you want to keep safe, look into the options that are available. Flexibility and control. Like I said, you don't want to lose control by um, going with the MetLife annuity or locking yourself into something within TSP. You can still remain in control and have flexibility with your money utilizing your own IRA account. You still have access to that money. So it doesn't lock your money in where it's frozen and you can't get it. You still have access to your money within your new IRA account. Pretty awesome. What if you wanted to get that income for life like we talked about? Unfortunately, within TSP, there's only that one option, the MetLife annuity. Well, in your outside IRAs and different types of fixed index annuities, you can get an income for life while still remaining in control of your money. You don't have to cash it in in order to get that lifetime income. Pretty awesome stuff. So you can get the best of both worlds. What about locking in interest? So what if I told you that not only are you protected against loss from, you know, the craziness that's going on in the market, you cannot lose any money, but what if I told you once you gained money, it's locked in? So say you started with 100,000 and you earned 5% in a given year. Now you're up to 105,000. Well, that is your new bottom line. Your account can never go below 105,000, no matter what happens. So the only way your account would go down is if you started withdrawing money from it. But you cannot lose any money due to the volatility of the stock market, which is awesome. So once you gain interest, it cannot be taken back from you. Pretty cool stuff. So we talked about TSP. We went over the ins and outs of what TSP is and the different mistakes that I've seen federal employees make when it comes to their TSP account. Hopefully you have not already made those types of mistakes, or hopefully you still have the opportunity to correct those types of mistakes. But if you do have questions, if you do want a a review of your TSP account or your federal employee benefits in general, you'd love to get a retirement estimate. Please reach out to us, contact us in any way possible, visit our website. We'd be happy to run a full benefits and retirement analysis, answer your questions and make sure that you've got all the information so you can make the best decisions for you, your family, and your situation. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Federal Retirement Show and look forward to seeing you on a future episode.